Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a medallia company, and the Success League. StrikeDeck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The StrikeDeck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. On today's podcast, I'll be talking with Nilu Sheikh, and she is the VP of Customer Success and Partnerships for Tapalti. And we're going to be talking about tactics for scaling a customer success team, specifically focusing on developing scalable team structures. So Nilu, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kristen, for the warm welcome and opportunity to share some thoughts here with you and listeners on this topic. It's a pretty broad topic, and I'm very excited uh, to be here. It is a broad topic. Um, You have a really strong background in partnerships and customer experience prior to moving into customer success, and now you've been in customer success for about six years. Can you share a little bit more about your path into customer success with our audience? Yes, uh, I actually always feel like I've been in uh, customer success all of my career. Um, I started um, actually in um, a subscription-based economy, a very early stage startup, and now that product is uh, part of the Oracle suite. Um, Mostly worked in professional services, product management, uh, building teams and processes. And that really built a strong base towards the path um, or what we call it, uh, customer success today, right? Um, it's uh, in that time CS was shaping up, um, and also product-based economy was shaping up. For me, that was a very logical transition. Um, I've been always very passionate about bringing voice of customer um, to the table and solving customer problems, and that's really how um, you know from infancy to. Uh, where customer success is today, um, more on a maturity stage, uh, we are trying to shape this um, in that uh, in more structured manner. Uh, I have I've always enjoyed working with growth stage startups, and um, most of my career I've spent in startup, except my stint at Kaiser um, Kaiser Permanente, where I help help shape modernizing care delivery. Um, uh, and I've uh, spent about six years there. Uh, what I really learned being part of the traditional industry um, is the importance of structure and processes. In uh, in uh, companies, behemoth companies like uh, Kaiser, you can get bogged down by processes, a lot of red tape. Um, but uh, when you really think about uh, how do I take that to startup, is really investing time into planning and putting a structure goes long ways with scaling. Right. Tell us a little bit more about Tapalti. What what does your current company do? 
Yeah, so Tipalti is a solution to automate global payables. Uh, I was at Coupa, which was more uh, procurement uh, procurement to pay. We were just starting to explore that area, uh, sourcing to procurement, and then uh, Tipalti came along, uh, where it's really we are solving the global, global payable solution and automating account payable process, which is very manual um, uh, today in the industry. Uh, we just closed a 76 million Series D funding, and nice. uh, was recognized. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And was recognized uh, uh, on uh, Deloitte 500 and Inc. 5000 for second year in a row. Uh, some big oh, logos. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, we have some big logos like Amazon, Twitter, GoDaddy. Um, at this stage, we have these customers who are expecting better service from us. And at the same, same time, um, um, with doubling the year-over-year -year growth, uh, our scalability is our biggest focus. So this topic um, is you know, very much in time for what we are facing today as well. Cool. So today we're going to be really talking about how you determine the right structure for your CS team as you're getting ready to scale. Um, so just to paint the picture for our audience, can you describe the things you're thinking about when you consider a company ready to scale? Yeah, so I've been part of three different B2B software companies in the last seven to eight years uh, at a different growth stages. Uh, talk about Get Insured, uh, where we uh, delivered uh, health insurance exchanges uh, for these large uh, employers and state governments. Uh, there, we needed a very focused strategy with multiple skill set to serve their needs. Uh, you talk about you know adding a new uh, government state. Uh, we needed more, to think more about how do we set standards, how do we build templates, uh, reuse collaterals. I mean, you're talking about uh, government clients, very document-heavy processes, as you can imagine. Um, on the other side, Coupa, um, it was enterprise customers, SMB customers, um, and we and uh, these are global customers. We had uh, hundreds of customers um, across uh, different continents, and we needed a large customer success team um, with theater model, with several layers of management taking care of these customers. And now at Tapalti, where we are scaling our business globally, uh, and we are at an early stage of customer success uh, to meet the needs of our growing customer base. Um, but at the same time, uh, delivery, of course, at this stage of the company, delivery is the most important aspect, and that follows with adoption. Uh, with my years of experience uh, from startups to enterprise, um, I am frequently asked how to scale um, the team, right? And when is the right time? So. Um, I typically start by thinking about how do I want to structure and grow the CST, right? I mean, that's really where it starts. Um, by end of the year, how many people do you need in, uh, in the team to match with your bookings number? Um, I, I also start thinking about, before I get into the steps, what outcomes I want my CSMs to drive. How do you set up the ratios? How complex is the product? Um, where can we use automation? So these Three important factors, if you go into it, um, you know, for CSM, what are the revenue targets and account ratio, right? Um, if you look at the industry standards, uh, typically CSM oversee about 2 million in revenue across their customer base. Um, and that's their book of business. How many of those customers equate to 2 million will depend on your business, right? Um, you may have a lot of small customers and ratio could be a few hundred customers. 
the second thing you want to think about is the product complexity uh, as you're thinking about scaling. As a rule of thumb, more complex the product, think about enterprise B2B platform, the lower volume of accounts per CSM. Uh, complexity will mean that they will spend more time ensuring the product is deployed, configured, adopted, um, you know, across the customer organization. Um, how many different departments are using the product, uh, how many users, um, uh, et cetera, right? How you have structured your pricing. All of that uh, comes into play. On the other hand, if the product is simple, intuitive, uh, implement, um, uh, you know, easy to implement, then CSM can handle large number of uh, customers. At, uh, so at Coupa, we grew product pretty complex. Um, we had both organic and organic growth by acquiring a few of the companies from, you know, sourcing side of things, um, as well as expenses and others. So the product grew many legs. And as we were going through the journey, shaping the CS team, uh, we wanted the CSMs to work very closely with customers, right? Uh, to understand how they are using the, utilizing the software. And our success matrix were very closely tied um, to those. So then uh, we really had to take that in account. Uh, and the third important thing is, um, you know, while scaling, we all know how do we use technology automation. Um, I believe that um, if you want a proactive success, a customer success, um, which is really the key, um, the real that number, even if you have you know smaller revenue, uh, smaller SMB customers, that number really uh, is about you know fifty to sixty. Um, it starts degrade, degrading after that point. Um, the customer engagement. Uh, so prefer to keep the account range um, somewhere between 25 to 35, depending on the size, of course, taking a lot of other things in account um, of how, uh, how you want and what level of the CS engagement is. Um, uh, you, there are CSMs who can manage up to 50 accounts and still build a meaningful relationships, pick up the phone, respond to emails, right? Um, eliminate customer challenges uh, in reasonable amount of time. I mean, you're not going to be everything to everyone. Um, so now that these three factors are defining about knowing when to scale your team um, and planning ahead, uh, it's also important to know where your company is, right? Um, this is the more important aspect of is, is company ready to scale, right? Um, uh, your scaling is a process-driven approach, right? That's why we talk about automation um, uh, to growth. Uh, no longer business now is concerned with just growth for growth stake, but only um, uh, what can be managed with this growth. I really enjoy working with companies at this stage. Um, uh, at, uh, Coupa was <laughs> at the same. Uh, it's, it's the fun stage for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the real, um, uh, you know, interest comes in uh, really where you know that there is a product market fit, right? Uh, your revenue right. model is in place. Um, you know that, um, you know, uh, th there is a good leadership team in place. And now you're ready to embark on that long range plan. Yeah. So, Okay. Let's get into how do we, how do you think about this? So I know a number of people in our audience are 
at this exact point in their business, because this is a huge discussion in the customer success field right now. Um, so they're facing the challenge of scaling their customer success teams. What are the components, in your opinion, of a plan for scaling? So this is interesting, right? This is always, especially when it comes to CS, it's, uh, scaling is tricky. Um, uh, because CS is so human focused, right? We are always thinking about your, uh, your, your how many, what is that high uh, touch uh, we can provide the customers? Um, in the past, you had the account management, right? Which was similar to what you call precursor to CS, but that's where we only got in uh, with customer when we had um, to sell something, right? We didn't think about whether customer is um, actually successful uh, with uh, and utilizing the product at the fullest. So now that you're thinking about scaling, you're forced to uh, become very targeted, proactive, data-driven mindset. Um, so as I am getting ready, I approach with uh, getting structure of the CS team um, to operate in, in place first, right? Um, I always focus on drawing out annual life cycle, key outcomes uh, what customer need to achieve as they are uh, nearing renewals. Uh, don't have your customer uh, dictate how your goals are set up, right? Um, uh, if you, uh, I mean, and this was one of the thing um, at Coupa, we talked about, you know, focus on result, um, customer success being our top two um, values. We always talked about this. Um, uh, Rob Bernstein, the CEO said, uh, success and satisfaction are not the same thing, right? If um, uh, success will always follow the satisfaction, not the other way around. So focus on success first. <laughs> um, so uh, the way I think about um, how do I componentize this thing? Uh, the very first thing as we were just talking about um, is to create logical segmentation. This is vital to providing holistic customer experience. Once you have nailed that, the next step is to really understand what is your customer journey is going to be like, uh, what kind of customer experience you want to create. Um, and that will drive your ideal account ratio for the CSM. Um, the team structure is very uh, critical as well. Uh, what does your team structure look like? So CS, when you're talking about CSM, uh, defining that role um, has been very important, right? So there were times in, in the early stage of um, uh, the CS infancy, we CSMs didn't know uh, what they are supposed to, what does their job role look like? Uh, it was more of a glorified support in a way. Uh, and over the years, we have really come to different organization based on how they have um, uh, wanted this, the function to deliver. We have come to really structuring what it looks like. Like I said earlier, you can be everything to everybody um, and you cannot have a catch all CSM without having a good structure in place. Uh, what matrix you want them to drive, what outcomes you want them to drive. Um, there are times I've actually had to create and divide the roles, um, like, you know, the technic technical account manager, support account manager, right? Um, you could call technical services um, management, uh, project managers, et cetera, uh, depending on where, um, how complex is your customer engagement and how complex is your product to use uh, after you have deployed it. Um, 
what skill, the defining that skill set is very important. You're not going to find a technical person with a great customer uh, engagement, with uh, great project management, um, everything in one. Um, and that's where you really want to understand what's needed, what support structure is needed um, to make this successful. Um, the the uh, and you know as just thinking about uh, scaling one more uh, important thing and we'll talk a little more about it is just really tools and processes right uh, that's very critical um, and uh, I like to think of uh, tools and processes early on um, as we are building the first CSM is hired uh, how do we replicate some of these uh, things and not create a new um, uh, new engagement model every time you have have a new customer onboarded. I want to dig into segmentation a little bit. Uh, this was the first thing that you mentioned that people need to get their arms around. How do you think about segmentation when a business is ready to scale customer success? So logical customer segmentation is a key, right? As we discussed, the first step. <laughs> um, so as uh, this is probably um, the first thing and most important as you think about driving value uh, for customer su success, uh, because every customer um, has needs, but their needs are different. And that's what you're trying to understand by your segmentation. Um, I like to, when I join a new company, um, there is always, uh, you know, there is a, some segmentation in place, right? Either by industry um, or, or it's um, driven by sales a lot of times. Um, I like to really understand and study that. Um, I like to see it more from a customer's point of view. Uh, what is that we are trying to deliver? Not just how sales is approaching it, um, but th thinking about more of an experience segmentation rather than, you know, revenue potential or ARR-based segmentation, which is where we usually tend to go, right, in early stages. Uh, I'm not saying we don't have to account for revenue. Of course, we must account for that as we are structuring it. But I like to lead with uh, experience uh, segmentation. Um, also, you cannot replace, right, um, a, a lot of uh, interaction, the customer engagement, um, by just giving more time to your larger customers and less time to your smaller customer. Um, in my experience, uh, when we looked at, uh, you know, um, uh, at GetInsure, it was pretty straightforward, right? You knew the you're talking about seven-figure uh, deals. And, uh, you know, there is a five-year uh, contract period. It's not year over year. So, you know, you needed a dedicated um, uh, CSMs. You needed a dedicated um, other resources to make customers successful uh, because you're dealing with, um, uh, you know, 50 stakeholders at a time for one customer. That becomes, you know, when you're one large customer, you're also thinking of um, on-site CSM almost. Uh, but when you look at um, more traditional B2B um, enterprise, um, type of customers um, at Coupa, uh, the critical factor was how our customers wanted to engage with us, what kind of services they were looking for. Uh, and at times they were willing to pay for it, right? We were not, uh, when I joined, we were not really exploring that aspect of it. And we had expected uh, CSMs to do everything for them. Um, and I still remember we had this um, uh, very first week um, 
uh, a large healthcare customer flew in with five of their executives in our uh, headquarters. And their concern was that we had promised um, all these SLAs or we had actually contracted for all these uh, SLAs and we were not meeting them. Uh, so there was this um, unset expectation from CSM to measure, monitor, um, and deliver on that, but there was no structure put in place. So when I really stepped back and looked at it, um, uh, I, I really understood that, uh, the first of all, the customer segmentation was incorrect, um, and, and that kind of drove that. Um, and also to look at whether CSMs were really responsible for that, um, uh, that aspect of uh, handling um, that service. On, on the other hand, Tipalti, we focus on mid-market and our customer, uh, our business is very much of B2B2C. Um, and we have digital and non-digital customer base. They have a very different journey. So uh, when I'm thinking about segmentation here, I'm taking that into consideration. Um, and also, you know, what stage, growth stage your company at, because uh, I think segmentation should be revisited, right? As you know, your customer needs are changing, uh, as your growth stage is changing and when you're getting to the scaling. Yep. Yeah, I want to throw one thing out there just to kind of back up what you had to say on not using sales segmentation. I think... Um, one thing that I see a lot is people trying to kind of force fit segmentation across the whole company. And I think one thing that's important to remember is in customer success, you're using it to drive the customer's journey post-sale. And in sales and marketing, you're using segmentation to tailor messages. And those are really different things. And so different goals and different focuses require different levels of segmentation. And I think the other thing that's true, especially for um, companies that are at the scaling stage, is that there are legacy customers that may be not a fit for the current sales and marketing segmentation plan. <laughs> Absolutely. And customer yeah. success still has to deal with them. Yes. So I think you have <laughs> I think you need a um I think I think companies need to think differently about their segmentation. Just to back up what you had to say. I absolutely agree with you on that. No, thank you for adding that. Absolutely. I think one of the thing strategy, however, I have uh, adopted from sales side is that um, sales have this ideal customer profile, right? And they build their sales right. processes around it. Uh, I think that's that one technique I really like to adopt. Um, so every segmentation, I like to identify what is our ideal customer profile for the, right. uh, for that particular <laughs> segment and build our journey and processes around that. Um, you know, I mean, I that's, that. that's really where I am right now doing customer interviews, understanding their goals um, uh, at Tipalti, right? I mean, even though I've been uh, seven, eight months in it and uh, still learning, uh, still learning what our customers are needing. Yeah. So I want to cut over to talking about number of customers per CSM because you mentioned that earlier and everyone seems to have lots of opinions about this. Um, I definitely have my own opinions and framework for how you figure that out, but how do you approach the allocation of team members across your customer base? What we talked about earlier, a little bit, right, about you want your CSMs mm -hmm. to be proactive. You want the ratio uh, so that your CSMs can manage it more in proactive way. Uh, this right. uh, uh, this number may be, um, you know, different depending on what your product um, uh, maturity is like, right? What stage your SaaS business is. Right. Um, and also experience of your CSM. Um, you want to definitely take this in consideration, right? Um, earlier I mentioned um, 
you know, after 50 accounts, it starts uh, getting less effective, right, um, uh, from proactive right. management <laughs> perspective. Um I mean, this just reminds me, one of my friends is trying to solve for uh, building their CS team. Uh, they're an early stage startup, but they are acquiring this mega customer. Uh, and one deal would equal, you know, rest of your customer base kind of um, sort of um, approach. Right. And uh, the type of industry where this their customers are not tech savvy. So they almost need, as we were brainstorming this, that they need an on-site CS care team, not just even one CSM. Um, and it would right. be like an on-prem um, setup we used to have, right? Uh, who takes care of this big logo. Um, but mm -hmm. you definitely want to consider in all the learnings we've had. But just this, this, uh, you know, this came to my mind about the ratio. So sometimes you may just have one big account, even in our current setup, right? Uh, which is what we are trying to get away from. Right. But this example um, is definitely an interesting one. Um the formula uh, for CSM uh, per X dollar of revenue, right? I mean, that's definitely critical as we are trying to budget for it, as we are trying to um, structure this. Um, it does not fit uh, when we are talking about the experience piece, right? Uh, fully. Uh, so you're not right. going to just say um, average industry is, like I said, 2 million um, average ARR, uh, which... Um, a book of business for a CSM. But again, you talk about experience, customer experience, you need to equip your CSM to deliver those that experience and outcome. And that would vary right. uh, depending on how in depth um, uh, and how critical is your product for their for the customer's businesses. Um, uh, mm -hmm. This is another thing, right? I mean, we've uh, we've talked about, and you've covered these topics about whether you want quota-driven CSM yeah. or uh, CSM should have quotas or not quotas, etc. Uh, but even uh, before we get there, uh, get there, we need to um, figure out what do you want, what type of activities you want your CSM um, to um, be involved in, and then decide the ratio. Um, but at the same time, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Because I, I just think there is no one ratio. And I feel like there are some people in our field who are sort of like, this is the right ratio. And it, I think it just depends. It depends on so many different factors. It depends on company maturity. It depends on product maturity. It depends on the journey that you're trying to deliver. It depends on, you know, how much technology you have to support your CS people. And to your point, how experienced are those people? And all of those factors play in. So it should be different. You have to think about it for your exactly, exactly. I mean, and um, again, uh, depending yeah. on where your segmentation. So I've had a very different experiences, right? As I was uh, giving examples about at Coupa uh, yeah. having a very uh, setup um, uh, segmentation. It was that standard formula we applied: twenty-five to. Um, uh, about average 25 for enterprise and then um, about 50. But as soon as I uh, go over 50, I like to look for automation. Uh, and you need to be very careful yeah. what number you determine because your CSM uh, will spend entire day just firefighting when you have a 50 account. So you're just going to be very reactive. Um, so you want to get ahead of retention. You need your C you want to give your CSM opportunity to be proactive, um, engaging with clients. You want to get that right. Yeah, we're going to talk about technology in a little bit. So we'll come back to that because I think that's a huge part of how you can boost that ratio up so that you can be a little bit more um, cost effective as a customer success team. 
Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Today, I'd like to talk about one type of consulting engagement we offer at the Success League. Customer success deep dives last between three days and two weeks and are focused on helping companies plan a customer success program tailored to their organization. Common deep dive topics include metrics and goals, hiring and compensation, customer journey mapping, and segmentation. Each deep dive session includes concrete deliverables, like business models and annual plans, that you can quickly put to use. If you need help with planning for 2019, a deep dive engagement is a great way to kickstart your efforts. Visit the consulting page on our website, thesuccessleague.io, for more information. I also want to mention StrikeDeck's new Customer 360 template. This free download is the best way to figure out if you're ready for a customer success tool. It is an automated spreadsheet that will help you keep track of all your current customers, generating an individual health score for each one. Quick reports can be easily developed through the Analytics tab, and tasks can be tracked on the Task Manager. If you're looking for a quick, simple-to-use, yet robust solution for your CS needs, StrikeDeck's Customer 360 template is the tool for you. Download your copy today at strikedeck.com. And now, back to our interview. So let's talk about the pace of hiring. How do you know that you're hiring quickly enough to keep pace with the new customers that are coming on board? That is uh, <laughs> such an important aspect and areas where we have had uh -huh. so much learning. Uh, in the earlier stage, I had made mistakes of not hiring yeah. fast enough and ended up with heavy account ratio uh, with CSM. And that resulted into just not a lot of customers not getting touched. So. Uh, this has definitely been um, learning, and I, uh, I, I would like to share this with the audience, um, uh, that with my experience, uh, and I think we all know this, uh, but we get so bogged down in our day-to-day uh, -day stuff that uh, staying ahead of the curve in hiring, and hiring does take a lot of time. Don't get me wrong. It's just one of those activities you have to plan for. So when um, I'm thinking about, um, you know, of, of course, you're planning, you're, you're doing your capacity planning for the entire year. Um, I, I've started to now um, build a pipeline um, and making sure mm -hmm. that uh, I continue that um, and not stop because I don't have um, the enough uh, headcount approval. I also have learned and which has worked really well for me is, is I like to hire in brackets. So okay. a set of two to three CSMs. What has, it has helped me do is, um, uh, and, and where you can, of course, right? Um, uh, as you're scaling, as you know, you're starting your CS team for three or four to now growing into th 20 or 30 CSMs. Um, yeah. It really helps with training and onboarding quickly. Right. Uh, because again, uh, you're going to find a different skill set with CSMs. So uh, from the hiring perspective, don't wait, um, staying ahead of the curve, um, make sure that you have a good hiring plan in place. Um, I have also learned to make uh, hiring a very structured process. Um, I've spent a lot of time uh, before uh, for every new requisition, right? Uh, but what in last um, uh, couple of um, uh, companies where I've really grown teams, um, 40 to 60% in a year, having a good hiring plan, uh, starting from sourcing to interviewing uh, has saved me a lot of time. 
So you mentioned getting your headcount approved. What tips do you have for the audience on getting headcount budget? This is an interesting one, right? Um, just starting from a CS journey, um, the fundamental question has always been, where does the budget come from? <laughs> where does the yeah. dollar really <laughs> comes from? Yeah. Uh, you know, we have two ele- elements of CS. One is the support type of uh, role, which is Cox bu- budget, uh, bucket, and then you have renewals and upsell, right? Uh, which comes from sales and marketing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is just an interesting um, uh, problem we all tackle. Uh, but for to keep it specific to how do you, you know, for scaling and growing the team, how do you get that? Some of the tricks which have worked for me. Um, and I, I take it, I take a lot from sales. Uh, you will notice, Kristen, yes. uh, that, you know, how sales always rely on their CAC, uh, customer acquisition cost. Uh, one right. thing I've learned is to identify customer expansion cost and customer retention cost. Uh, In the early stages, I didn't really focus much on that and uh, to be able to, because it became more of a a soft um, extension, right, having CS. Um, But as you're trying to go very outcome driven um, uh, and many years ago, and I think this is this survey is probably old, but um, I remember uh, I recall the Pacific Crest survey uh, had talked about 13 to 15 cents per dollar of ARR, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, the renewal cost. Um, but that is something, uh, of course, you want to look at for your own business. Uh, right. As I'm budgeting for the year. Um, I definitely like to build a capacity plan early on, uh, really look at what our bookings numbers are and uh, mm-hmm. would also consider what investment dollars do I need for the op- CS operations, right? The tools and processes, um, depending mm-hmm. on the maturity stage we are in. Uh, I've, I've had challenges in the past for getting approvals for CS tools. Uh, it, it's, um, you know, um, some leaders have seen that as a distraction um, at the time when you're really, you know, growing fast to say, hey, that's it's going right. to take a lot more time from you, right, to implement the tool. Um, and uh, it, there is, you you have to sell that. It's absolutely important that your C-suite is, has a buy-in uh, in the strategy right. you're deploying uh, for scaling your team. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, one other thing that that I like to think about is how how does your sales team plan to bring things in throughout the year? Um, and if you can get your hands on their sales forecast month by month, that can really help because you can kind of use your CS ratio that you just developed that we talked about in the last section to kind of figure out, you know, when will you need those people to be effective? And then you can kind of back up from that on how, you know, how long is your onboarding going to take for a new person? Absolutely. So I think you have to kind of coordinate a little bit with your sales team on this as well. Absolutely. I think the ramp time is so critical uh, to take yeah. in consideration, especially when you're planning your headcount. So let's talk about onboarding. How do you onboard new CSMs quickly but effectively? Yeah, so when you're hiring a bunch of people, um, that the important aspect is how quickly you're going to ramp up your CSM to start delivering uh, yeah. what you're expecting them to. Um, realistically, um, however, we know this, right? We want the CSMs to come on board and the first thing uh, get in front of the customer, but that's not realistic. Right. It takes them three to six months um, to uh, come up to full speed. Um, it really depends on how complex your product is, again, um, on, on that uh, area. Uh, you definitely want your CSMs to be very well-versed with your industry and your product. Um, 
Uh, and even if you have your RAM plan ready, your CSM won't be ready to absorb all um, in just one day, right? Um, so you right. want to build your RAM plan into phases. What I like to do is, um, uh, and and so I've also built implementation and support teams as well. Um, there, mm-hmm. um, I've had a very successful onboarding where I do this in incremental um, stages, right? So I can literally start a new uh, support engineer or implementation manager into low-level tasks and keep adding complex tasks over a period of time. Mm-hmm. On the CSM side, it's just a little bit tricky because your CSM need to understand, you know, your customer fully, your structure, your product, your system um, before they right. get in front of the customer because you want to make sure that your customer trusts your CSM. Uh, with right. what you're asking for. I mean, you know, you don't want to have uh, um, the uncomfortable conversation <laughs> with the customer saying, hey, I yeah. just started and I don't know this. Um, uh, so I usually uh, do, like I said, in phases, a RAM plan of 30 days increment, right? I mean, um, just start with your company industry, your internal system, product familiarity. Um, also on the product side, uh, it has worked really well where we had, let's say, certification in place, right? So Coupa has a very set certification mm-hmm. in place. Uh, so you go into four days certification. That's your first couple of weeks. And you come out and say, hey, I understand the product basics, right? Now I am ready. Uh, at mm-hmm. least I understand at the level customer knows. Um, at Tipalti, right. we don't have that. So um, we don't have a certification process yet. Uh, we are building that. Uh, but as I'm onboarding um, the new hires, what we are looking at is how do we break down our product into different uh, vertical segments and how do we get mm-hmm. uh, the new hires to get familiarized with that for faster onboarding? So one thing we kind of touched on at the beginning, and I want to come back to you, is tech touch or the use of technology in these teams and how that can change how you scale. When do you think a CS leader should consider adding a tech touch segment or even just automation to one of their other managed segments? Absolutely. I mean, that's um, the third most critical component as we uh, touched upon earlier, uh, to think about automation. Um, So like I said, um, we should be thinking about that. I usually do that from the beginning, right? Um, Even if in some small ways. Um, To scale, it's absolutely critical to free up the CSMs from repetitive, low-value tasks. Because a lot of time, when so I like to study this when I join a company and if they already have a small CS team in place, where our CSMs are spending their time in. Um, is it really low-value? What is the impact, right? And if I tie that with the outcome, all these activities they're doing, uh, does it have an impact on the outcome? And you will you will be surprised that 60% of the time CSM spend are really on a very low value task. And it actually can be higher in some, play, some organizations where we have not set up the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and again, tech touch does not mean you pull the plug and you say here is, you know, um, human touch versus tech touch. You, it has to be done in stages. Um, as we are looking at uh, automation, you look at what are those um, low-touch activities. And I'll give you an example. Um, uh, as I was looking at what are the activities CSMs were focusing on, we had this, um, you know, being in procurement um, and working with AP teams, they needed these audit reports. 
So we did a, a little uh, digging, data digging into uh, looking at how often and what timeframes these customers were requesting uh, their audit reports. Now, this was absolutely critical for the customer. Um, it is... Um, you know, they're and they require that on demand, right? They're only going to ask you when their auditors is requesting some of these reports for, to them. Right. <laughs> uh, but when they ask yeah. you, they need it right then and there, right? They're not going to um, right. wait for a couple of days of SLA <laughs> so that CSM can free right. up their time and send it. So what we did is um, that was one of the uh, tech touch automation of uh, delivering these reports during those time frames. Um, so the customer has those reports ahead of time. Uh, they don't want to reach out if they have the stuff they need uh, beforehand. And it actually increased the satisfaction. This is just one example, but these are the type of activities right. you can definitely look at to automate. The other important aspect um, where you're talking about how do you combine a human touch and tech touch, right? So you um, low value does not mean low touch, right? Low value does not mean that you don't want uh, to um, talk to your low end customers at all. Uh, what right? What has really worked for me um, uh, at Coupa? Actually, I built a pooled CS model, right? The team CSM, where a team of CSMs. Right are working with um, uh, the set of accounts, right, um, to deliver uh, their, you know, it's just basically creating a pool, a work queue for the CSMs. Um, and there, I was able to leverage low-cost centers, right? So you're not just hiring CSMs in the where your customers are. Uh, you have the human touch, um, and you are able to respond to customer in timely manner for what they need. And that really had a very good results. Um, we were able to, you know, improvise on uh, the renewal rates. We were able to uh, really engage with customers, um, and we got our, gro uh, you know, gross retention rate um, higher as well uh, for a very low segment, you know, almost ten percent higher. So in that case, um, just to dig in on that a little bit. Were you finding that the CSMs were really getting engaged only when it was something strategic and the automation handled the rest of it? Yeah, I mean, it. so there are a couple of ways, right? Uh, so we had uh, uh, three channels, the three ways customers uh, could connect with the CS team. One was, of course, the emails, right? So there was the proactive outreach and uh, uh -huh. uh, customers can also reach out to the uh, CS team using emails. We had um, the phone support we added over a period of time. Um, and then we had built triggers uh, within the customer journey so that the CS team can now reach out okay. to customer per some of these triggers, right? As that um, uh, for those strategic point of uh, time, especially renewal, definitely on top of the list. <laughs> so Neelu, this is great. Thank you for sharing your approach to uh, scaling a customer success team. I know everybody is going to really love to hear uh, your approach. I think the examples you shared are fantastic. Um, last question. This is something we ask of all of our guests, and it's a chance for you to talk about whatever you want. Uh, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? So what we have focused so far uh, within our industry, right, as customer su uh, success specific, um, we wanted to build CS as part of company's DNA. And we have had a great success, right, in the last 10 years. Um, as CS has grown from there in, uh, for, uh, towards maturity, it's just just not one function, but how we think customer success across the organization. Um, what I see um, 
you know, real focus um, for last two years and needs more um, uh, more concentrated effort is increased focus on metrics and ROI. Um, now, CS leaders are asked to demonstrate a real ROI. It's not just other cost center mm-hmm. for companies, but how right. are we impacting bottom, bottom line? We have to not just, uh, you know, as we focus on customer ROI, customers need uh, to see change uh, in their business um, uh, to feel that they have received a return on their investment, right? And having this resource um, as CS resource, how has it helped them uh, to get there? And we, we touched upon a lot right. of those things, right? How sales is so focused on ROI and how CS team can really align and learn from some of their strategies. Um, Right. We need to ensure um, that we are not giving away too much, right? <laughs> uh, and CSMs would be culprit of sometimes saying, hey, you say yes to everything. <laughs> um, right. And really uh, leaders to monitor um, and improve lifetime value for the company and the customers. That's great. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for being on today's podcast. I love your take on this topic. And since I know this is a situation a number of our listeners are facing right now, I'm sure it's going to be a really popular episode. So I appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts today. Well, thank you, Kristen. This has been absolute delight. Um, I really uh, welcome and appreciate this opportunity to share my experience and collaborate with you. I really felt like we were, uh, we had a lot of uh, common ideas here. Um, uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy advocating for customer su- success. I mean, and I would love to hear from the audience. Uh, please reach out to me on LinkedIn, and you can also email me at nilu.shake at tipalti.com. That's my first name last name. Thank you. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.